coming up on Shop Talk. The best part I think about our payment system is that not only is it one fair for integrated to, to take all those services, but the system will automatically calculate that for you as opposed to the old days of transit, which really you had to make sure you had the right change. You had to make sure the conductor is there and you, know, you paid, you got your ticket and all that. Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego. And I'm Sam Wong. And this is the April 2023 edition of Shop Talk with Moneris. Welcome to the Shop Talk podcast, Sam. Thanks for having me, Al. Now, Sam, before we get into this month's theme, the reason you're here this month is that your team has cooked up an exciting offer for merchants who may be looking for a new payment processor. That's right. Starting this month, we're kicking off a campaign called Choose Moneris and Save. Snappy title. So what's the offer? So up until June 30th, merchants who are new to Moneris could be eligible to get up to one year of rental fees waived on our latest and best terminals, the Moneris Go or Go Plus. Of course, terms and conditions will apply. Well, that sounds like a deal. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. So what's this month's theme? Ah, I'm glad you asked. So Sam, did you know that the self-checkout was invented by a Canadian? I had no idea. Yes, it was invented by Dr. Howard Schneider in the 1980s. That long ago? Yeah, and the first self-checkout machines were set up at a Kroger store in Atlanta in 1986. I'm surprised they were around that early, considering the technological limitations they must have had. Yeah, well, today's unattended payment systems have come a long way since the early days of coin-operated vending machines, parking meters, and those self-checkouts from 40 years ago. Unattended payments? Yeah, payment without the need for human intervention. I feel those early self-checkouts required plenty of human intervention. They did. There's a great episode of Planet Money podcast about it. Dr. Schneider must be a rich man. He isn't. How so? Well, he sold the company before it took off. Ouch. Yeah. So is that the theme? Unattended payments? Precisely. It's unattended April. Is that a thing? I'm making it a thing. Okay, then. As technology advances, we're seeing an increasing number of unattended payment options in many different industries. We're going to learn about that this month. Who do you have lined up? Well, first we have our resident expert, Doug Hatton, coming on to talk about open loop payments. Doug is certainly an authority. Who else? Uh, then, for our featured interview, I'll be speaking with Mark Langmead from TransLink in BC about being at the forefront of much of this technology in North America. Wow, that should be an interesting chat. Indeed. And finally, our data expert, Sean McCormick, returns to provide context and data behind this growing trend in payments. Well, this is a very strong lineup. As always. So let's begin with our chat with our expert, Doug Hatton. Ask an expert. Joined by Doug Hatton. He's the VP of Client Solutions at Moneris. Doug, thank you for joining me today. Very happy to be here. So as you know, this month's theme is unattended April. And for those who don't know, unattended payments are payments without the need for human intervention. So like kiosks and transit and vending machines, correct? That is very correct. Uh, But the question I'm asking you as our expert is around open loop payments. What does open loop mean? The open loop payments is a new concept that was brought forward to support uh, credit and debit payments in transit. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference in transit compared to your normal purchase is as you're going through a fare gate or getting on a bus, Mm -hmm. you don't want to stand there and wait even one second uh, for an approval on your card. Right. So what 
OpenLoof Payments does is it instantly gives you access onto the vehicle. And then in the background, that payment goes off and gets processed. And in the cases where it's not approved, the transit authorities have the opportunity to go and try and reprocess that payment and recover that payment. So they, they there's an opportunity for them to make sure they get paid. Right. You're on the bus, you're longed on down the track, and they can go back and try and get payment. So it's all about getting a payment quicker for the, the end user uh, so with pre-approval as opposed to waiting for the process to, to happen because there's a lo- often a long, especially in a transit situation, there's a long lineup of people trying to get on a bus or waiting for a train. Exactly. You want to get people through that line as fast as you can and, mm-hmm. and uh, not queue people up just because they're doing a payment. Right. Now, does this mean the end of those uh, you know prepaid cards for transit? Well, it's not an end. Mm-hmm. It's complementary to those cards. So okay. the, the closed loop systems, those cards like Presto cards in, in Ontario and mm-hmm. Toronto area, they will continue to be there because there are still going to be people that want to have a prepaid card. They may not want to use their credit card, et cetera. But the benefit it brings is for people that don't use the transit frequently. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get on a, on a GO train, for example, in Toronto, you don't have a Presto card, you no longer have to go to a ticket booth or go onto an application and make your payment for the ticket. You simply tap as you get on, ride your train, tap as you get off, the fare is calculated and it is processed onto your credit or debit card. Uh, that's music to my ears. You know, having taken transit for 15 years, not having to worry about loading my card, I can just use a credit card or a debit card. Exactly. It's, it's all about convenience for the rider. Mm-hmm. Now, the theme for this month couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, last week, we introduced a new unattended solution. That's correct. So, well, we look at uh, open payments as being a, an unattended payment for transit. Mm-hmm. Uh, unattended payments are growing. Uh, self-service is growing. So we released a product called the IM30, which is a new modern unattended payment device set up to have a very nice screen so that uh, you can interface with your customers and then support all types of payment, you know, whether it's it's tap, insert, or futuristic payments uh, around QR codes and things like that. That's great, Doug. Uh, if anyone wanted to learn more about that, where would they go? Uh, you go to our Moneris website. It'll be on there. Or if you have a Moneris sales rep, they'd be more than happy to give you the information on it. Thank you very much, Doug, for your time today. Uh, thank you very much. It was great talking to you. I'm joined by Mark Langmead. He's the Director of Revenue and Compass Operations at TransLink. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. So we'll begin with uh, TransLink. Exactly what does TransLink do? So TransLink is uh, also known as the South Coast British Columbia Transportation Authority. But TransLink is a, is kind of a unique agency in that we are a um, part of the government. We sit in between uh, provincial and the, the city level. Mm-hmm. And TransLink is uh, an integrated transportation network authority. So we have responsibility for all of the transit services. So we operate a ferry, uh, inner harbor ferry, heavy rail, light automated light rail. So our rail system does not have conductors on it. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the bus service, accessible service, and so on. And all of that falls under uh, TransLink's umbrella. Wow. The other thing that falls under TransLink's umbrella is all the major road network. And so the bridges, we have 23 bridges in the region, uh, and we are invested with the responsibility of both moving goods and services through the region, but also people uh, um, that live here. And that's uh, that's why it's an integrated sort of responsibility mm. and, and quite a unique one for North America. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wish uh, things were th- that connected here in Ontario. It's a bit confusing if you're if you're an end user, for sure. 
Yeah, it's it's confusing and it's it's frictional. It's payment mm-hmm. friction, really. Not knowing how to pay or what to pay discourages people from buying. And, right. it, and it doesn't really matter where you what you're you're selling. If your product or service is difficult to acquire or is intimidating, and and we have that with vending machines. Vending machines scare everybody. They're, right. they're just in that way. So we try to remove that friction. And um, if you're thinking about taking travel from a bus to another bus and then a train, why wouldn't you pay the same fare? Yeah. Uh, so our fares have zones. So based on how far you go, you can pay more mm-hmm. or less if it's a short trip and days of week and time of day. And so during rush hour and things are priced higher, but cheaper on the weekend and so on. So um, the best part I think about our payment system is that not only is it one fare for integrated to, to take all those services, but the system will automatically calculate that for you. So mm-hmm. you don't have to really know how much you're you're buying as opposed to the old days of transit which really you you had to make sure you had the right change you had to make sure the conductor is there and you know you paid right. and you got your ticket and all that it definitely makes a lot of sense. So this month's theme is unattended payments. And I mean, transit systems all over the place have already been doing unattended payment for quite a while. But uh, just before speaking to you, I spoke to my colleague, Doug Hatton, and he explained open loop payments. So we understand what those are. How long has TransLink offered open loop payment? We began in 2018 and okay. uh, we have our own agency card, our compass card. Uh, but then we moved into accepting people's uh, credit cards on buses and trains just by tapping your Visa or your MasterCard. Right. We added American Express to that. And so we have all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just this last January, we launched Interact Debit. So contactless debit across the entire system. And you can also use any of those forms of payments loaded to a smartphone, a smartwatch. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's an Apple watch or a Samsung Galaxy phone. doesn't matter. If you can load it, it works, right. uh, including Fitbit. Yeah, I love it. I use my Fitbit all the time for payments. I, I hardly bring my wallet out anymore. Um, so uh, does this mean... Thanks. The death of like those payment cards? The short answer is no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's uh, it's definitely in the interest of a transit agency in particular not uh-huh. to issue your own fair media and your own fair product. Right. It's got liabilities. It's costly. You're buying chips on, you know, various uh, manufacturers get involved. It's, it's difficult. Uh, so it's best avoided. And if you look at Transport for London, which is one of the benchmark companies, agencies in the world, they have introduced contactless payment to replace their Oyster card. And their numbers are in the you know, billions and billions and mm-hmm. billions again. Yeah. Um, and so it was really costing them a tremendous amount of money to support that Oyster card. And, and I don't know anybody who hasn't visited London that doesn't have a, a drawer full of old Oyster cards. Right. Those Oyster cards cost mm-hmm. uh, the agency and the money that you store on them doesn't actually accrue to the agency. It can't be used by the agency because it has to be held in trust. Right. So it turns it into a liability. Since launching contactless in London, which is how they term open loop payments, contactless payments are now 65% of the adult category payments, wow. which is a huge, a huge success. So we definitely see the benefits of going there. Uh, it's convenient for the customer. It's simple, uh, and it costs less to the agency. Right. So that's where you'd you want to head, definitely in terms of a strategic payments direction that you'd want to set out. But the um, downside is, it, how do you accommodate people who don't have a credit card, mm-hmm. and how do you accommodate people who are unbanked? And that is a very big issue when you look at equity and and inclusion. Transit agencies need to be inclusive by right. very their very nature, and so the technology exists but is not deployed widely yet where a concession category, uh, say an 18 year old or a 17 year old who would be entitled to a lower payment, they will never have a credit card at that point in their life. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't be able to take advantage of it. Sure. 
Uh, similarly, seniors, if you're 65 in our agency, you get about a uh, 30% discount on your fares. If you're 65 and you tap your credit card, you're going to be charged an adult fare. So how do you how do you do that? And so there are solutions, but um, nothing has been uh, really robust and, and widely implemented. So when you talk about, you know, uh, open loop and tapping and stuff, how does that work, for example, with a debit if you have multiple accounts? So it automatically will default to your checking account. When you set up your banking, if you're using your contactless payment, and this would be for any transaction, uh, it will default to that. On the agency side or the company side that is selling or vending, Mm -hmm. you will be doing a pre-authorization and then a complete charge for the exact amount. In our examples, in all transportation examples, the transaction time is a critical factor. Uh, less so when you're at the grocery store and the you know they're busy bagging and you're tapping and it takes a, a two three seconds. That's fine in that and it does a full check and payment processing of the exact amount. In a transit example, if you had that three second transaction and you think about a busy transit station where you have you know a few hundred people lined up behind you, right. that two three seconds will feel like an eternity. So we benchmark our timings are have to be less than a second, half mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. So 500 milliseconds, our system performance right now averages around 300 milliseconds per transaction. But for a debit, contactless debit or a contactless credit transaction, the actual processing is done as a pre-authorization and then the actual charge is processed after the fact. Well, I've definitely missed my share of trains when I'm trying to re- reload my card in order to get on the next train. So I feel that pain and I'm looking forward to having that more widespread. And I mean, you know, we've talked before, but TransLink is pretty much ahead of the game in North America. You're comparing yourself more to, to European agencies. Yeah, um, we are very fortunate. Our smart card program began in originally in 2010 is when we, we scoped out the, the system and we launched the system in part in 2013, but a full adoption was in 2016. Mm-hmm. The technology has moved on and customer behavior has moved on even more so. Sure. If you think about your own, your own, as you mentioned, you know, you rarely take your wallet. Uh, five years ago, that would not be the case. Right. In fact, 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't even have thought about that being the case or being possible. Uh, so these are conveniences customers need to do and want to do. Uh, and transit agencies need to invest in the technology that will enable that. We right now are pretty much the only ones in North America that allow contactless debit and one of the very few that have contactless payments overall. If you look at London and if you look at the European experience, it mm-hmm. varies uh, depending on uh, north to south and which country. Um, but there's some really innovative things happening there. And so be in be out technology is another one that uh, we watch carefully, which is Bluetooth enabled payments. Oh, okay. um, there's a couple of examples in market right now. And the other markets we look to is Asia. Uh, so when we, we look globally, because uh, some neat stuff is happening in other parts of the world, and we definitely want to bring that to our customers first. Oh, I can't wait to see some of the uh, other innovations that might be coming. Uh, do you have any that you want to share real quick here that you're excited about? Sure. Mm. Well, one of the things that we do, kind of a neat uh, thing that we've developed, essentially wearables and little miniature models. So yeah. this is a SkyTrain Mini, right. and it is a your travel purse. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can load this with money. You can put a monthly pass on this. And when you tap on a bus or a fare gate, the little headlights light up. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so, so just to, cool. to describe to the listeners, because this is an audio only podcast, what you're showing me is a keychain that's shaped like a bus or, or a light rail transit yeah. train. Yeah. Uh, and you load that with your yeah. payment and then you can tap that. That's that's great. Yeah. So that's fun. Exactly. Yeah. And it's fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's exactly that. Uh, when we actually brought these to market uh, last year in Christmas, just before Christmas, 
Christmas. We saw about 4,000 people show up at the station and flood the station in line trying to get them. Uh, we sold out in about two hours and it was, it was really exciting. Was, yeah. People are really getting into it. So I can see uh, little things you can do. Yeah. I can see those really being uh, favorited by students, for example, uh, to, to mm-hmm. go to school and stuff. Also parents can load their bus pass and, and they can, you know, so they're not using more or yeah. charging more. Very good. Yeah. The other thing we do, we, we also have uh, things like wristbands and mm-hmm. keychains, key fobs and, and the like. And those are other things that they're the same idea. You can put your monthly past on a wristband. They're very high quality wristbands, so they feel really good. And you, if you're carrying groceries or your, your laptop and all the other stuff with it, you don't have to pull out a card out of your wallet. Right. So it's a really neat convenience for a frequent commuter. That's just a, a nice way to travel. And it shows off the day you're a, you're a public transit user, which is kind of neat. That's great. If I mean, if somebody wanted to learn more about uh, all the amazing stuff that TransLink is doing, where would they go? Well, you can certainly reach out to me here mm-hmm. at mark.langmead at translink.ca and be happy to happy to talk about anything that we're doing and coming up. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Hey, business owner, does your current POS service provider offer terrible customer service? Are they unable to accept all forms of payment? Do they leave you feeling exposed to fraud? If you answered yes to any of these, then you're obviously not using Moneris, Canada's number one payment processor. We provide advanced fraud protection, give you 24-7 live support, and accept all major credit cards. Plus, until June 30th, new clients can get the latest terminals for $0 a month. In other words, no rental fee for up to a year. For more information on our quick and easy out-of-the-box solution, please visit us at the link provided in the show notes. See why so many Canadian businesses choose Moneris. Terms and conditions apply. By the numbers. Joined by Sean McCormick. He's the Director of Business Development Data. Sean, thank you for joining me today. Good to be here again, Al. Uh, So, Sean, uh, it is unattended April. I'm trying to make that a thing. Uh, So we're talking about unattended payments. Now, what can you share with us about, you know, how much that's grown in the last while? You know, I don't know about you, Al, but I use contactless payments for virtually every transaction because the increased tap limits going from 100 to 250 in most cases, Mm -hmm. um, there aren't a lot of transactions that most consumers on a daily basis are going to do that are going to be over $250. Of course, you've got big ticket items, major appliances, home renovations, things like that. And these days we have groceries. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So so the vast majority of transactions are going to be under $250. And there's a big delta between the old limit of 100 and the new limit of 250. So I think people are beginning to understand that the limit is at 250 at most places because of the pandemic. Remember, that was brought on by the pandemic. For sure. Uh, We were trying to promote and businesses were trying to promote not touching anything, not Mm -hmm. touching that terminal. So with the limited 250 now, we've seen, for example, um, in April of this year, the share of transactions that happened in a contactless manner is 63%. So more than half, some context to that. So that's up from April of last year when it was 61%. Right. April of the previous year was 56%. Mm -hmm. And April of 2019 was 49%. So in three years, the share of contactless payments has grown 
by 20%, 49% to 63%. That's yeah. a 20% growth rate. And that's insightful. For sure. And I mean, for unattended to work, really, contactless needs to work and needs to be more prevalent. And as these numbers show, they became more and more prevalent, especially over the pandemic. I mean, I always make this point. I hardly ever pull my wallet out anymore. I use my watch, my Fitbit for most payments whenever I go out. So that's great. Now, uh, in terms of unattended Usually you see those in parking lots and in transit uh, categories. So, uh, I mean, we can't exactly see which transactions are from unattended, but we can kind of surmise from the types of merchants where that growth might be. So we're looking at like parking lots, local transit. What do we see there? Yeah, well, looking at, at local transit. So year over year volume growth um, up 68%. Wow. So that's that's transit right across Canada, 68% mm-hmm. growth in dollar volume year over year. The interesting part about this, I, I, that probably doesn't surprise anybody that, that transit volume is up because people are going back into the office, they're going back downtown, <laughs> things are, are open wide again and consumers and commuters are ready to go. So <laughs> the volume growth is up 68%. The transaction growth in transit is up 83%. So one theory on why that delta is 68% dollar volume growth, 83% transaction growth is perhaps one-time payments mm-hmm. in transit. So where you have a single monthly pass might be worth $150 representing a single transaction. You've got thousands of transactions mm-hmm. worth one and two and three dollars. Right. So what that tells me is that there might be some growth in one-time ridership. Yes. Rather than spending $150 for a monthly pass, that could be happening. I mean, to me, it makes sense because, for example, in my case, I work from home. I don't need a monthly pass, but I do go in maybe three or four times a month. So those are the individual transactions. So I may be spending less on my commute, but I'm making more transactions. And again, unattended tapless would make that a lot quicker, especially if you're, I don't know about you, but I've, I've missed my share of trains waiting in line to try to load my card to get on a train. Right. Right. Hey, listen, at the end of the day, I'll contactless is incredibly convenient. Mm -hmm. I tend to think as well, I have, this is the, I have no scientific uh, data to back this. However, I do see people using Apple Pay and Google Pay a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. I leave the house now without my wallet at least 50% of the time. Yeah. Whereas I used to take my wallet every time I left because I know that I'm probably not gonna go buy anything worth more than $250. I can go get gas yeah. and fill up my car. I have a hundred liter tank in my car. That's not gonna cost me $250 to fill it. So I can really go and do anything I need to do with only my phone, which is a contactless form of payment. Thank you so much for your time today, Sean. Thanks, Al. Day. I'm joined by Ella Urquhart. She's the event manager here at uh, Moneris. Ella, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Al. So last month, we talked about this new ESG report that was coming out soon. Uh, it is now out, correct? Yes. Yeah, so we launched our first environmental, social and governance report, our ESG report. Mm-hmm. It provides an overview of our performance and commitment to sustainability and reasonable business practices. The report follows our ESG framework, which consists of our four main pillars, team members, community, environment, and governance. And it outlines our achievements in 2022 and states our commitment to continue to do our part in 2023 and beyond. So if people wanted to check out the report, where would they go? They can visit our website and download a full copy of the report. Excellent, thank you. So uh, what's happening this month? 
Well, we are going to be participating in the RC show from April 10th to April 12th. That's the Restaurants Canada show. Daenerys will have a booth. We're at booth 1341. And we're also speaking in the Learning Lounge, which is going to be on Monday, April 10th at 4.15. Okay. And where can we buy tickets for that? You can purchase tickets at rcshow.com. Great. Anything else? Yes. In partnership with Elevate, we are excited to announce the fourth cohort of e-commerce North Accelerator mm-hmm. launching on April 11th. Okay. You can check out ecommercenorth.ca to find out more about the companies participating in this cohort. Okay, great. And anything else? Yes. Another exciting opportunity with e-commerce North is the first French Innovator Challenge. Wow. It's a four-week program supporting early stage startups with the tactical skills to grow their business and master the sales pitch for a chance to win one of three grants of $1,500. Excellente. <laughs> That's horrible okay. French. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, where can we learn more about that? So the application deadline is April 12th. So you can check out Elevate and Moneris' social channels for how to apply today. And we'll have a link in the description of this podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ella, for your time today. Thanks so much, Al. And that's all we have for this month. I hope you found this episode informative. If you haven't already, check out Manerse's other award-winning podcast, Yes, We Are Open. Season four began this month. Here's a little taste. Success in business doesn't come without moments of struggle. Moments when you had to face your challenges head on. When you overcome these moments, what you're left with is not just success. You're also left with a story. A story of how you did it. A story to inform, inspire, and be proud of. At Yes, We Are Open, it's our business to tell these stories, and we're kind of good at it. Subscribe now to Season 4 of the award-winning Yes, We Are Open, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to this podcast, and Yes, We Are Open, wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support this show, share this podcast with your network, or review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have a payment-related question you'd like to submit to one of our experts, you can email us at podcast at Join us again next month for more expert insights and data to help you grow your business. Thank you so much for co-hosting, Sam. Thank you, Al. On behalf of Sam, myself, and the rest of Moneris, thank you for listening to Shop Talk. Talk again in May.